What is going on? Welcome back to episode 38 of the Bus Driver Experience. We're on 38, right? Nice. We are on 38. I've been corrected here. I'm not by myself in the studio today. I'm joined by my production coordinator, Rihanna. Massive thank you to her. The show can't move and can't happen with her without her. So if you are listening, I'm not here alone. I'm not doing this on my own. Um, yeah, we can't go into sponsors because we are sponsorless at the time. However, if you do want to support this show, a share of the show, subscribing to the show, all that good stuff. What other good stuff is there? Writing a five-star review. Did I say that? I said that already. And if you like, if you really like this shit, like if you really just you want to throw money at this, there's a place you can do that. We have a PayPal. We have a we have crypto. You know, we're taking donations everywhere and everywhere. And then there's a Patreon page as well. I'm not a big fan of Patreon. I already do the show. I'm not going to make any more content than I already do. So um, feel free. <laughs> feel fantastic. Um, thank you guys to everybody who does do that. You know, we have three $5 a month donors. We know who you are. We see you. We see you. Even during this pandemic. Um, so thank you very much. And yeah, without further ado, we're going to jump into the show. We have... We got Danielle Gertner on the bus today. She's joining me from Austin, Texas. Uh, Danielle is a certified personal trainer and ownership coach. She works with people all around the country. And I came across some of her work through the community that I'm connected with online in the fitness and mind, mindfulness and mindset uh, space. And I love her post. I love the exercises she throws up. And I love the challenging questions that she throws up on her page um, and to her clients. Um, I'm really happy to bring her on the show today. We dive, again, really deep, deep conversations about, you know, not just about exercise and understanding yourself and your body, but where that comes from. And that comes from gaining awareness. And how do you garner that awareness of you, yourself, and the world and your life around you? So get your notepads out. Or if you're like me, turn this thing up to 1.5 speed. If you don't like your bus just in third gear, you're permanently in fifth. It's the bus for you. So enjoy this episode with Danielle Gertner. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Danielle Gertner, welcome on the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be on the bus. Welcome on the bus. Yeah, yeah, good. You correct me right there. <laughs> um, yeah, super pumped to have you on the show today. We were just catching up. Uh, did you hear that notification right there? Perfect. Only I can hear those things in my ears right there. No, it's a notification on the computer. But yeah, and if I am talking to somebody else, it's <laughs> I have my uh, producer and production coordinator in the studio. But um, yeah. What uh is this your first podcast you've been on or have you been on other shows? Uh no, I've been on uh quite a few other podcasts. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what is your uh pre-podcast routine? My pre-podcast routine. I was actually on a mastermind call that ran way over. Um it ran about 30 minutes over, but I was really interested in what they were talking about because they were doing a Q&A. Um but typically um I just sit and breathe and kind of get grounded. And a big thing for me is not to like pre-plan anything that I'm about to say. Um, I really am big on speaking from the heart. And I know the best way for me to do that is just to take some deep breaths, make sure that I'm not rushing into the podcast. So I did hop off that call um, like 10 minutes before 
we hopped on and just kind of sat here, grabbed myself some water, like looked around my space, expressed some gratitude and I'm ready to talk from the heart and share some magic hopefully with you and those that are watching, listening, people seeing this right now. They are. We're live on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. I mean, anywhere and everywhere. I think I, br I blasted the show out. Just get more eyes on if people want to tune in and listen, as well as, you know, the people that eventually listen, um, which is the great thing about podcasts. It's kind of like how we got it right was like, hey, how do we get television and radio? Because there's commercials and they've kind of taken over. And then the kind of content that gets put out is like the same kind of content, just on a different network. But now it's like, oh, there was an invention of TiVo where you could say, I don't want to watch commercials. I want to rewind or fast forward past them. And that's what we'll be able to do with podcasts and even like all this content on the internet where it's like, oh, yeah, I can just I can just look at it up whenever I want to. I can pause that podcast. I want to go to bed at night. I can listen in the bathroom. I can listen in bed. I can listen when I'm doing the dishes, like the access you have to someone's attention, as well as the freedom to choose when you can you know, consume in news and information is, you know, just another form of freedom. I'd say that we're we're kind of pushing in that right direction. It's a, I, I very much appreciate that perspective. And I kind of come from a different perspective of challenging people to consider whether they are using technology um, in a way that makes them free. Because I feel like a lot of people, even though there are like technology supposed to help us build freedom and have freedom and be more selective, a lot of us are not free, I think, to... Um, to everything that's out there. Uh, no, you're, you're totally on the, on the track. And I, I fall victim to this myself all the time where it's just like I'm moving around the house and it, you know, it's right here next to me and I'm holding it like this. And it's like, Oh God, I'm, I gotta throw that thing away. I gotta go yeah. a few days away from that. I literally just, thought that the other day too. <laughs> and it just, and to disconnect. And, um, because you're absolutely right. We, we, you know, we eventually rely on the dependence of such stuff and you know the the importance of this technology you know it's kind of I, I had a, a buddy of mine have you ever heard of the urban barefoot uh yep. jeff shub he's a guy yeah. um miami he was on the show yesterday and we kind of just you know completely just you know because shoes and being barefoot is just like one aspect like you know, do i need these things all the time you know if i'm playing a basketball game on asphalt yeah shoes absolutely but do I need them all the time? And like, and then diving deeper into where all that comes from. Why do we need said shoes or um, it's itself? So, you know, really, really going deeper to community, to um, the internet, to, you know, the foods and everything around us. And, you know, one thing I would definitely say had drawn me to that community and your page online um, itself is, you know, the way you look at these things and the, and the perspectives. And I would say even like your work and your job is, is helping people to reconnect with those other parts of their life. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, I I love that you already brought up barefoot living. That's a whole spiral we can go down. <laughs> You're with me right now. Come oh with yeah, me. I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> like um, yeah, that's a, yeah, just really taking a look at what are you using in your everyday life and is it convenience? Is it giving you convenience or is it giving you freedom? And I think sometimes people confuse convenience with freedom. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a trade off to go a little deeper into that. People have said, like, you know, okay, well, you know, it's cheaper. 
you know, the, to get this shoe, it's like really cheap and, you know, it's stylish and there's excessive, it, it, but it also like hinders accessibility to who and can't have and creates like this differentiating st status symbol on, you know, and again, it's not just shoes, but you think about different technologies from like communications with cell phones, like, okay, this, this thing costs a thousand dollars. And you think even think about credit and it's like, oh, it's not actually how much stuff you can afford to buy. It's like, how much debt can you take on? It really comes down to how you look at all this stuff. And um, it, it even goes back into college and, you know, the do you need this college education? Because I would say our, our generation, I think you fall into a millennial as well, is we've we've been sold as well that we need this education. We need to take on this X amount of debt in order to have a said career. Um, and luckily, you know, I went to go play basketball um, in college. So, I mean, there's definitely utility into that. And I was fortunate to get a scholarship. But I know that's something about your story that, you know, you went to college. What did you study in college? Was there anything that you're doing now? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I was a business major at University of Florida. Go Gators, if any Gators are watching. Um, <laughs> yeah, I went to the University of Florida. I studied business. I specialized in communications and leadership development. Uh, minored in entrepreneurship and nonprofit leadership. So yes, there are definitely a lot of aspects of, of my degree that I used, mostly the leadership and communication courses. I uh, can't say I really remember shit from any of my business classes, like at all. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I have a, a an interesting, I guess, opinion or I don't know. I, I really don't know how I feel because I do see the importance of college. I also have a lot of friends who didn't go to college and are unbelievably successful and experienced and well-rounded and all the things you're told you won't be if you don't go to college. Um, but something like the way I looked at my experience was I am having an opportunity. I am paying really for an opportunity to be around um, motivated individuals it really wasn't so much for me about i was getting this degree from uf but the fact that i was around a bunch of other really awesome people if you choose to be who are motivated and um bringing new ideas and perspectives to the table um yeah another another wormhole i feel like we could very quickly travel down no please please i mean dive right in i mean it, it, you said you know, I went to I went for sports and I went to play basketball and you know it's I want to be surrounded by the best of the best in order to continue and pursue this dream of mine and like you said being around again I think it's just like a you know an affluent community or like club that you're joining you know that you have the you can afford or be able to be accepted to get into you know a certain club and that would be college but you know, like even what Jeff and I talked about yesterday, just like, you know, and I think you've done this. And I think a lot of people in the health and wellness space have really, um, you know, built, wouldn't even call them communities, but literally tribes now of, you know, people that, you know, not are just like minded, but, you know, are just, um, again, have that are inspired and motivated by each other enough. So, you know, again, we it's really come down to do we need this education is the important thing is, are you getting the value? out of that education you know it's taking on the 50 to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt worth it but you know I'm, I'm just glad that people like you myself um you know jeff i mean everybody um i know we have similar uh, similar community uh friends in common but they're always trying to just build these communities for people that are more accessible you know so they have the information they have the technology kind of the thing that 
the internet and these social medias were supposed to be able to do is to bring people together. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, would, would you go back to college now if you had the opportunity to, or if it was, you know, knowing your younger self, would you go back? Um, yeah, I would go back. Um, I really did enjoy my experience and really, um, set very clear intentions for myself to learn something new every day. Um, would I do it exactly the same way? No, I would study something different. I think psychology, something more in like health sciences, um, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah, I would go back. Um, mm -hmm. also because it was just really fun to live around a bunch of people my age and my, really my biggest worry at the time was passing my final exam, which was nice. So, <laughs> and one thing I would say is I'd make it at older acceptance age. I don't think 18 year old kids, 17 year old kids, some of them should be making like brash life decisions and choices when it comes to taking on that debt or, you know, going to pursue, you know, a career when they haven't been pursuing it already. You know, I, I think it, it's something people should be chasing at a younger age. If it's something they're going to make that kind of decision to like by 13 or 14, like I'm going to go after this career. Let me start studying up and learning for it and start moving in that direction. But yeah, it's just a system that we got to evolve, you know, like many other systems in this country, um, you know, and I think, you know, you're someone who's working on that in the health, wellness mindfulness you know just like simple things like you just talked about before you started the show you're you're sitting down you're taking some deep breaths getting a little bit more present and aware of what's going on around you because you know we, we think that just because we we jumped into an internet portal to talk to people from all around the world you said you were in a mastermind q a and now you're talking to some guy called the bus driver in los angeles like this is this is still new for us as a species it's a lot for our minds to take in and try and grasp. And I think it's, uh, you know, people forget there's, it's, it's as simple as taking some deep breaths sometimes to really bring you back down to earth. Cause you know, reality is nuts. Pretty, uh, I mean, just talking about the simplicity of, of health. Right. Um, I, I, I do want to say too, I love what you said about having, making classes in schools, more hands-on earlier on. I love that. I would have loved that just as a student. I just wanted to mention that about um, college because I agree. Or all, or changing the story around what college is supposed to do for you. A lot of my clients that I work with tend to be right out of college or freshly. I call them freshmen in life when they graduate and <laughs> they start their first job. Um, because I mean, realistically what they are, and there's all this pressure. I worked with um, a client a couple months ago who had just graduated. And one of the biggest things we had to work through was, okay, I got this degree. Now I'm at this job where I'm getting paid this pretty good money and I'm fucking miserable. Sorry. I hope I'm allowed to curse. I said, but oh, yeah. say you can take the <laughs> subjects. Um, bus, bus yeah. Talk. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just the, the pressure around going to college and the fact that when you graduate, like get this job. I mean, that's why I just started my business, you know, because I was on that conveyor belt of like, hey, welcome to the University of Florida. And it's not just UF, it's it's just the college culture 
of, hey, welcome to UF. Like, here's how you write a resume. Here's how you shake people's hand. Here's how you get dope-ass internships. Fill that shit up and, like, let me ship you off in this package. And I was very much, like, all tidy with my little bow ready to graduate and realize, like, wait a second. Let me take a step back. I've never actually asked myself what is happiness to me? What is fulfillment to me? What is success to me? I was just tasting it off the definitions everybody had always told me um those things were and I'm so glad I did it because when I was a senior I turned down two full-time jobs from great companies um could have probably been making some more money than I'm making right now but I guarantee that I would not have been um as happy and and as fulfilled I fucking love what I do every day I love my schedule I love my little tiny home that I'm sitting in right now and I love that I was able to pick my shit up and move to Austin um so anyway little little feel there but austin's amazing Uh, i've I've spent so much time there over the past few years from podcast conferences to being stuck with a bus there on the way to south america and there's a hurricane Uh, it's that's that's like the saying about austin not a bad place to be stuck i think that should be like the town quote right there yeah i've been here for i can't believe it's been two months already and i'm I'm guessing you love it community is amazing there and it's so Uh, diverse it, it's great. I mean, I, I obviously am not seeing the full community with everything that's happening with the pandemic, um, which has been an interesting, it's been an interesting transition, um, but definitely little bits here and there. I frequent the drum circles, mm-hmm. keep catching at the drum circles every Sunday. Um, and I've met some really, really awesome people. It's definitely a, a vortex, somebody described it as, and it makes sense because I ended up meeting like, friends of friends that like you'd never expect to be here and um it's a great city hmm. yeah the live music part once that starts opening up i mean you're, you're experiencing with the drum circles right now but um when i was stuck there for like that uh four to six week period back in 2017 i want to say it was i ended up like going to different shows like every night like local bands that were just you know so wide ranging in music so be pumped for one thing start opening up there's a vaccine or you know um everybody starts respecting the rules maybe wearing some more mask it's unbelievable you'll really enjoy it um (laughs) but i wanted to go back to your senior year thing you were talking about what was it for you did you have some kind of uh moment was it some kind of event from you know you read a book to having a psychoactive experience like what triggered you to say whoa maybe this isn't for me right here i think i'm going to turn these two jobs down or or no it was more of what makes me happy Um, honestly, so it wasn't like, there wasn't a moment, a defining moment. I think thinking back on it now, I didn't like the person I was becoming. I didn't love how competitive I was becoming and how worried I was about this future version of myself that really I had very little control over. Um, and I don't know. Well, I will say I'm very lucky to have surrounded myself with really great mentors, um, which has been huge. So those of you watching this, like, please make sure you have great mentors in your life who like look at you in your eye and will tell you whatever it is that they need to, um, whatever truth they need to share with you. And I had a mentor ask me um, some of these questions of like, where do you see yourself in the bigger picture of things and what kind of life do you really want to live? And when I answered that question, I was like, Oh shit is 
me getting a job at Amazon because that was the track I was on. I did an internship with them. I got a full-time job offer. And um, is that where I see myself? And yeah, the answer is no. And then the other answer and, and hard part, which they don't teach in college, which they should, um, is how to trust yourself, how to trust your own ability to figure your own shit out. And I think college, unfortunately, and, and it's not just college in that system, but a lot of different systems make us really dependent on other people for information and other people for validation and other people for, yeah, you know, this is the right step. Um, and it made me test the shit out of that, the, the trust I had in myself and the trust I had in the universe. So long answer to your short question. Um, there wasn't a defining moment. It just, as I sat with myself and my thoughts um, and realized, you know, and asked myself, am I enjoying who I'm showing up as? Am I showing up as my full self? Every time I answered no, I was like, all right, well, something needs to change. And um, I had started a boot camp at UF. I don't know if you know this, uh, of kind of how I really, really got, fell in love with teaching fitness. Um, I started a boot camp at UF um, called Gator Grind, which still exists today, which is pretty cool. October will be five years, which is wild. And nothing excited me more than teaching a boot camp and teaching people how to move and really what I didn't realize then, but I realize now is teaching people how to tap into that trust and how to tap into that power and how to tap into, um, that deeper sense of knowing. And that's what I do now as an ownership coach. So again, long answer to your short question, but <laughs> don't ask me good questions like that. Cause then I'm going to go off on tangent. Uh, my apologies then. My apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, there, there really isn't, the you know, we're really forced to look outwards rather than inwards you know when it comes to our education when it comes to who we want to be what we want to do you know from especially pressures from the older generation i feel like you know i don't i want our generation you know or you know whatever you want to call it uh millennials um gen zers you know this younger generation to to not give up like those boomers did you know in that late 60s because you know the the world is moving even faster and we shouldn't be told to have a stranglehold of, you know, to, to question the system. And these are one of some of the biggest questions to have. It's like, yeah, guys, these systems aren't always going to be there. They're not always going to work. How can we mold and adapt them to fit in not even more people, but to make the world a better place in terms of like, cause the individuals are going to be happier. They're going to be doing things they want to do, you know, like just like, we didn't always have jobs like work and jobs like didn't always exist. You, you either just like had a farm and you worked on the farm to make sure you had enough food. And that was kind of it. You know, it wasn't just till the industrial revolution where we were like, Hey, everybody's got to go to work and you need to eat these cornflakes or eat this like an industrial brand uh, breakfast item because breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And like, that was it. It's like, I think there's more. And just like that ability and anybody's listening, you know, just because you want to question that there's more. Ask those questions, ask those questions, you got to throw your ideas into the ether in order to get some feedback on that. And, and you know, that's what, but, but that's the hardest part because it's, yeah. again, we're, we're all reflecting and throwing this stuff, you know, out into the world. And it's so hard. I, have you ever seen the, the documentary of the defiant ones? Mm -hmm. Oh man. I, I watch it almost once a month just to get inspired. The it's a four parts. Ones? Yes. It's, um, 
it chronicles Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, um, kind of like their lives in the music industry and how they came together uh, under Interscope and then really made Aftermath and everything as it is, but talking with them as producers and these you know, genius music producers that, that they are and they were. Um, and Jimmy IV just has so many great quotes. I didn't know about him until I watched this doc and just, you know, he's talking about that horse with blinders. And he's like, why do you think the horses have blinders on? And it's just, you know, you cannot be looking at anyone else when you're trying to chase your dream or vision. Yeah, it's very simple. You may have heard this before. You know, people have heard this, but just like you can't be looking at that other horse and how he's doing or what he's doing. It's you have to be so gung ho and set on who you are, whatever this project or passion is that you have, and, and you can't look any other way. <laughs> but again, it's so hard when we have all these different sim, um, sensory overload, you know, images and lights and colors and bright stuff. I mean, I'm even sitting in the studio as I say this, and I got all these tapestries everywhere you know and, and um, you do just the the you know the thing about social media and technology is the playing field which has always been the same playing field right but we now can see the entire playing field i can connect with people in in different cities and it's interesting because i very much agree with about having those blinders on in terms of um connecting with yourself not comparing yourself to others but on the flip side of that, on the other side of this, where the blinders don't serve you well is not opening yourself up to realizing how tight those blinders have been on your eyes and that you've been on this conveyor belt of, okay, you did this, now we're climbing this and this and this. And I remember I, I just had this mentality of I, I'm climbing this ladder, right? Okay, I graduated high school. I was a boss ass bitch in high school. You know, da 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 I mean... Well, whatever. Um, no, but like then I got to college and at UF and I got, you know, in involved and I got the internships and the job and look at me, look at me. If I kept, if I kept that trajectory up, I could see myself being a C-suite, um, in the C-suite one day. Um, because I thought that that was the path that I was supposed to be on. That's what I was taught. That's what was ingrained in me. And we have to realize, first of all, there's so many ways to live, so many ways to live your life, so many, so many um, different types of people that are living their lives in, in their own way. And um, yeah, I think it, it does take part, a huge part, opening yourself to the possibilities of um, and trusting that your life can look any way you want it to. Because I've seen a lot of people live a lot of crazy lives and what it comes down to is, is as long as you're okay with it. And so that's where I think the blinders do come in. Once you have that clarity of this is how I want to live. This is, this is how I'm defining success and fulfillment and then snapping those blinders back on and not getting distracted by what everybody else is doing. Um, yeah, people, people seem to be afraid to define their own lives or define their own reality. It's just like the safe way is to, you know, go with what you know. Oh, this person's doing this over here. I'm just gonna do this right here. And and I think it's it's not a negative because it it's in people who, and I have plenty of people in my life. Like, why are you doing this? Why aren't you going this traditional route? And why are you going around here and there? It's like, it still comes from a place of care. You know, these people love you and they want the best for you. You know, um, they they want you to go in the path that's gonna be you know best for you. But you know, not getting deterred is 
you know, is the, the hardest thing. And I think you mentioned it. Um, what was the point you were mentioning with it? Just like, I mean, I can go this route. I could be this person and see this thing. But, you know, just it did, didn't suit me right. Yeah. But I think, too, like realizing, I mean, this was a big realization for me and had made a huge impact in my life, not just in terms of career, but just everything. But people are always projecting their own shit on you. And it's not always like, it's not necessarily with negative intentions, right? Cause you're right. When, when my parents were like, you sure you want to turn down an $80,000 a year job to go teach boot camps and like sweat your ass off all day. Like, really? Are you sure? Um, and yes, their, their best interests, they had my best interests in mind and they also had their fears and their conditioning and their worldviews and their perspectives in mind as they're sharing this with me. And so, you know, those of you listening, like that's something to consider too, is when somebody is giving you advice, when somebody is projecting their um, opinion on you, there's a much, I think, deeper, um, deeper story. And, you know, one of my favorite poems, and I usually share this on podcasts because it always comes up somewhere or another and it's coming up right now for me. Um, is the man in the glass and that's my favorite poem and basically I'll give you a little a uh, little little part of it because I have it fully memorized it's also on my mirror and I read it every morning but <laughs> if you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say for it isn't your mother or brother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass the one whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear until the end, and you've passed your most difficult and dangerous task if the man in the glass is your friend. And there's more to the poem, but that initial piece, I mean, I read that when I was in college, and I wasn't happy with the person staring back at me in the mirror, and I was living for other people's opinions and validation and, you know, wanting to make sure that everybody else was okay with my life, but was I okay with my life? And, you know circling back finally to the question you asked me of like you know what happened why did you decide to start the business it was realizing holy shit I'm living literally for everybody else as long as everybody else is cool like I'm okay but I'm not fucking great and I got one life I want to be fucking great I want to feel awesome I want to wake up every morning and be like fuck yeah I get to do teach classes and I get to I traveled the country I told you this for two years of the movement of music festival I couldn't have done that if I worked for whatever company and so yeah be proud of the person staring back in the mirror and if you're not then get clear on what will make that person proud now you're gonna get me all passionate and i'll emotional i mean that's just the bus that's not me that's just <laughs> bus driver energy bd um and i mean yeah i mean you've uh, built into a really solid platform that you're still working on now and how is that going with uh with COVID and everything. I mean, I'm sure, I think I watched a video of you still training like uh, some volleyball team and you're, you're just watching them on Zoom from yeah. where you're at. And that, yeah. I thought that was hilarious, but like hilarious in the fact that, you know, I, I, I dig the commitment because yeah. I get it as a former athlete. Like, no excuses. No, no. And just like you look at somebody, you can see that form like, mm, yeah, can, can you get, get that butt a little lower? You know, we're doing deadlifts, you know? Yeah, you're arching that back. Let's tuck it back in, get that spine tucked under what is it the butt tucked under the spine it's just it's it's amazing yeah. <laughs> the power of the internet yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's been um, – so there's a couple facets of, of what I do. So I'm a strength and conditioning coach um, for a team back in Gainesville, which is where I moved from in Florida. And I'm lucky uh, enough that the coach um, allowed me to continue working with them over the summer, regardless of the fact that I moved. And um, honestly, it's one of my favorite things that I do, and it kind of fell into my lap um, four years ago. But um, So that's been going great. It's definitely not the same. I miss being hands-on with them in that aspect because um, especially – so I work with a junior college. These girls are, you know, 18 to 20 years old. They're pretty young. They're coming fresh out of high school or – or um, if they were playing in high school or club sports, um, this is their first time in a collegiate strength and conditioning environment. And uh, for a lot of them, more hands-on cues is is definitely helpful. Um, and so it's really tested me as a coach of how well do I communicate because I can't physically adjust them or cue them. Um, I have to use my voice. And so it's been really interesting, but it's been going really well. And then um, in addition to the workouts, I built this Own Your Athlete program, uh, which is a mindset and habit transformation program specifically for athletes. Because again, these young, I work with women, um, these young female athletes also at this level, this junior college level, they're not playing for UF that has a dietitian on staff and like a sports psychologist on staff. So how do I give them those resources? Uh, because they struggle with a lot of the same things that somebody at UF would. And so I built that program and that's been really cool because we've been doing weekly workshops and discussions and they listen to podcasts every week. Anyway, I love doing that. Um, and then my online training programs have been amazing. Um, I run own your shit, 90 day programs, habit and mindset transformation programs. And, um, my last group, it was called the season of growth. They, they started the program March 23rd. They started on my birthday. So like in the fucking middle of this pandemic, like blowing up all over the world. And then for three months worked with me when they were, some of them lost their jobs. Some of them had to make huge pivots. Some of them were sitting alone with their thoughts for the first time ever. Um, it was the hardest and the most rewarding program I've ever run. Um, because again, I really had to learn how to show up as a better coach as I was handling my own shit. So, um, anyways, it's been, it's been really good in that aspect. Moving in the middle of a pandemic has been really interesting. Um, definitely not what I expected and, and what I expected my move to be like. And who knows when things are really going to go, I'm not going to say back to normal, but when things are going to reopen and people are going to be comfortable meeting in big groups again. And that's been a huge ego check. I will say that I am so used to like in Gainesville, I knew everybody, I was running all the classes, I was being asked to leave classes all the time. And coming here, like, uh, nobody knows me. And it's, it's been tough to sit in that and, and to really like, break down and pull apart this huge side of me that really was attached, still attached to external validation and being seen and being heard. So I kind of gave you that in a couple of different parts. Work has been great. Move has been interesting. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I'm learning a shit ton. But um, yeah, 2020, I remember I led a 2020 vision workshop in December of, uh, of this last year. Like 2020, we're going to be the fucking clearest we've ever been. Oh my God. Yeah, we did this whole thing. It was great. And then all of this happened and then it's like, uh, so much for 2020 vision, right? Oh, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think it was great that it's going to force everybody to change. 
like, hey, you weren't going to do something before. Something had to change now. Now's the time because nothing's going to be the same. Like, nothing already was the same, but now it's like that, like, speedometer's been turned up. And it's like, okay, everything's moving at, like, how I listen to shows, like, at 1.75 speed. So everything is just, like, in your face and coming at you now. Oh my god! Um, how you listen to shows? I couldn't. I could never. <laughs> I I can't even play it out loud because people in my house are just like, "Turn it off! Turn it off!" I, I have a headache already, and just like, yeah, I've got content to consume. I have to. Just, I'm a huge know. note taker though, so like that would drive me. I, I have a hard time listening to podcasts because I like to take notes. I'm like, oh my god, that was so good! I have to write it down. Uh, Probably the thing I could do better, but. I do a pretty good job of dissecting and like taking down information, especially I have a, I would say I'm photographic memory on that side where, you know, like can use my eyes close, like close them and just like, like I'm writing the word or writing what's being said um, or just listening that closely to analyze it. So, um, yeah, hope I think I'm that good at retaining, <laughs> not trying to my own horn. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's, um, where were we going with this? Yeah, I think um, you mentioned that it reminded me a lot of when I went to go coach in Kuwait and I'm going into this brand new culture. I'm like, oh, it's Kuwait. It's going to be fun. It's a different country. And I didn't know there was Sharia law. There's no drinking, like being social for you know a young man between, you know, it was like 24, 25 when I first went out there. It's like, yeah, it's like tough to find things to do and places to go out and people to connect with, especially in your odd work times of, of training people but you know so like again like for i i really i hadn't lived like that much in isolation in terms of like spending so much time meditating some days for like 30 to 90 minutes like it was like i got really really in deep with myself and you know connecting with myself and just growing as a person like it really changed me so that next step so um it's 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 a lot of stubbornness you got to get over of like your youthfulness. It's like, oh, I want to get out. I want to get there. And it's like, no, no, no. While at the same time, it's like trying to communicate with kids who speak a completely different first language and trying to understand that culture and, you know, trying to mix those in with teaching them a, a game that most of them have never seen or played before basketball. <laughs> okay. This is a real test right here. This is going to not just make me a better communicator as a coach, but as a person, because if I can empathize with somebody who, you know, I think people forget that when you are learning a new language, you have to understand the culture first, where it comes from, and then try. And if there's a religion that's tied into that, that culture or that language, you want to understand that as well, because a lot of those things are going to like, like cross over. I mean, I'm trying to think of like a, a triangle that's it's all going to connect somehow in some way, because like if you try and translate those words back to English, sometimes it's just like, wait, what? That makes no sense. Why would you say that to me? And so um, it was just a massive growth, growth op right there. And kudos to you for trying to do it in a pandemic. Did you decide to move during the pandemic or you had no. this set in before? <laughs> no, no, this um, moving to Austin had been something I'd wanted to do for a really long time. I'd been feeling called to leave Gainesville for a while. And um, I set a date because if I didn't set a date, I would have never come. I would have just been like, yeah, no, I'm gonna do it next year. And um, really the beginning of March is when I signed my lease, like not really not realizing how serious the pandemic was becoming and going to become and already was. And 
Um, yeah, so I signed the lease and I remember <laughs> like the beginning of April being like, what the fuck did I do? Like, <laughs> holy shit, like I'm gonna go there and it's gonna suck. Cause not only am I leaving like all of my friends, all of like my familiarity and um, I was in Gainesville for eight years and um, yeah, I don't know. I sat with that fear. I had a lot of fear and I sat with the fear and I got to understand the fear and I listened to her and um, my high self was like, this is still the right move. This is still a good decision that you go and do this. And I don't know why. Um, I still don't know why, what, what my purpose is here, who I'm supposed to grow into here. But every time I get nervous of like, because now we're hearing that Austin and other cities, Texas might shut down again because cases are rising. Um, and I, uh, I feel that fear of like, Oh my God, what did you do? What did you do? And that voice just comes back in. That's like, dude, chill, chill. We're meant to be here right now. We're meant to be here. We're meant to learn. And, you know, going back to what you said of, of going to a different country, like how I, I never really understood, I didn't realize this, but how do people expect to change uh, when their environment is the same? And I'm going to spit some Joe Dispenza because I've been kind of getting into his work a little bit and reading the habit of uh, breaking the habit of being yourself. But we think equal, we think equal to our environment. If we see the same people every day, if we, take the same road to work, if we eat the same shit, if we do the same thing every day, our thoughts are, are always going to be equal. So how do we think greater than our environment? Well, a lot of times a really easy way to do that is to change your environment, which is what you did. It's what I did. And man, my thoughts have changed. I haven't thought the same shit that I've been, I've been in Gainesville or since I've been, in, uh, haven't been in Gainesville. So. Yeah. I think, uh, see, I, I go just like full force, just like, okay, set a date ridiculous ask and you're just thrust into it i uh, just like like basically it was just, all right you're here we're on uh, the end of an airplane here's your parachute we're dropping you in here yeah <laughs> because like yeah like you said it's if you don't force that change upon yourself sometimes and i mean we're seeing that with people all around the country it's just like you know one one topic race relations just like oh people feel this way about certain things whether it's a statue or a flag and it's like yeah people people have felt this way like this is not something new. Like, you know, again, like, oh, I didn't know someone felt that way. You know? It's going back to taking those blinders off, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that they, that they do serve you well at times and just knowing when they don't serve you well. Um, yeah. I, it's funny, too, because when I was moving, I and this was happening and I'm realizing, like, oh, my God, now, like, Texas is in complete shutdown. Um, I knew that I was going to have to mandatory self-quarantine. I wasn't even sure they were going to let me in the state because I was coming from Florida, which already had high cases. And um, I, I contacted my land, my current landlord and was like, hey, can we like push my lease back to like May or June or July? Because I'm not sure what's going to happen. And she wasn't able to. And I kind of took that as a sign from the universe of like, all right, we're, we're going, we're doing it. We got to execute now. It's too we're late. Going. We're spreading our wings, baby. And shit might hit the fan, but we got us always. We got us always. You said uh, you were in Gainesville for eight years. Are you originally a Floridian or where are you originally from? I am. I'm originally from South Florida. Born yeah, where? September times. Get out of town. I'm Davey. Uh, Davey? 
Davy born and raised. I went yeah. to Flanagan my first two years of high school for basketball. Wait, where did you go? Flanagan. That's where I went to school. How old are That's you? That's crazy. <laughs> how, old, how old are you? When did you graduate? 2006? Um, 26. So I graduated in 2012. Okay. Nope. I would have missed you because I only went there my freshman, sophomore year. So this is like oh five oh six or oh four to oh six um yeah so i just miss you but unreal that's so funny you want to know what's crazy too is i went to a gym there's a gym right across the street from me and i've been checking out different gyms in the area and start talking to one of the coaches and turns out she also went to flanagan like super randomly across the street and again it just like goes back to that vortex and and getting these little signs from the universe of like, nah, like you're supposed to be here. You, you know, like. Completely. Yeah. I, I've, I've experienced that in like relationships and dating though. It's like, because I've lived all around the world, been um, all over the place. Um, you know, even like people you try and connect with across cultures, especially like in a relationship, it's like, it, it's way more, it's so much more difficult because it comes back. Like you said, whether, it's that vortex of energy of, you know, the place that, you know, made you or where you're from because Florida has got some unique energy. I mean, we got Florida man and Florida woman and, you know, the news and information that comes out of there is just, just all the time. Like I'm a proud Floridian. I don't live there. No, I can't go back and live there, but man, I love those people. They, they made me something, but trying to connect with somebody and not understanding their values. And then a lot of people themselves don't know their own values and don't know the things that they believe in or the things that make them so them because they either haven't asked themselves that, you know, and because we live in this interconnected world, like, <laughs> you know, we see so many people butting heads now because, you know, we're asking and asking questions that we never asked before. Number one, number two, like we're, we're just, you know, emerging across different peoples that just have completely different value systems that we have. And it's just like, yeah, you got to do your work and you got to, you got to know the person that you're, you know, being being spending your intimate time with yeah yeah because i mean if you want to go to like a very scientific level with this which is one of my favorite things to do because i was the type of person you would talk to me about like universal energy and manifestation and i'd roll my eyes and be like get the fuck out of my face like what are you even talking about <laughs> that's how i was like i didn't grow up around parents or friends who were into any of that stuff like i you should hear the conversations that happen between me and my parents now and i'm like yeah like energy and like they scoff at me they're like what? i don't but, want to talk about those relationship yeah <laughs> we need a whole nother have- podcast to go we need a whole nother podcast to go down that rabbit hole of all the shit that i have and i love my parents i have a great relationship with my parents and oh. they also fucked me up in a lot of ways as a lot of parents <laughs> tend to do because they're also just like they didn't ask themselves this, these questions, right? But anyway, what I wanted to, going down the scientific route, if you literally think about, um, have you read Sapiens? Have you heard of Sapiens? Yes, I've read both. Um, uh, was it Homodeus is the, is the sequel, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, what's his name? You all know Yeah, amazing. Amazing yeah. author. I still haven't read the twenty, the ten yeah. reasons or the twenty-one reasons to be in the twenty-first century. Um, I haven't read that one yet. That's another new one he's come out with. Um, but yeah, there are definitely books to to go back into, and I know you can well, give and, a yeah. 
Oh, there's so, just so, I, well, I only read Sapiens. I haven't read the second one, but I, the reason I bring it up is because I just want people to understand that at a foundational level, what, you know, you mentioned this in the beginning, like all of this, um, these, uh, distractions and, and, and external feedbacks can constantly be bombarded in my face when you said like, we're not ready for them literally at a foundational scientific biological level we are not ready for them because if you think about what our brains what we're here to do first of all is to reproduce and survive and those instincts are very much ingrained in who we are and then we built there's this ego right and the ego's role in our lives is to protect us and to keep us safe and um i forgot how we like loops down here, like why and why and I ended up saying this. But, Parents, relationships, oh. like under, understanding where we come oh, okay. from. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Values. Yeah. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. I need that. Recall. I need. I need one of you with me, like all day, every day. You should see me on conversation with my clients. I'm like, I just get so lost in the sauce talking about something. I'm like, wait, why did I bring this up? And they'll have to walk me back through, and I'm like, oh, you're a good fucking friend and client, but. Yeah. So when you're in a relationship, when you're just in any sort of social setting, like all, instinctively we want to belong. And if you read Sapiens, you learn a lot about that, that, that humans, homo sapiens are community communal beings that our families were raised in groups. Women didn't raise their kids on their own. This was a, a, a community effort. And so these deep desires that we have now that we carry now to want to impress, to want to be validated, to want to belong, come from those very um, primal, their primal instincts, their primal parts of our being. And I just think that that's a really important thing for everybody to understand. So they understand where it's coming from. There's not something wrong with you that you want to be liked and loved by the masses. It's really is ingrained in in who we are. Um, and it's learning to go from that primal brain into that highest self, um, which again, I feel like I can go I love talking about this shit. I'm not stopping you. Keep yeah. going right ahead. Do you okay. know, are you familiar with Dunbar's number? Mm -mm. Um, it is like one of those, um, not just a theory, but they kind of like have uh, really scanned and studied the detail of the brain and how many intimate relationships that the brain can actually experience. And you think about, you know, everything you just reflected on with, you know, where we come from as a species and like, you know, the way we live now is not the way we've been living for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years since we've been homo sapiens. They're, you know, estimating around 200,000 years ago. So, you know, we lived in these groups, we lived in these tribes and, you know, we just never got to over 150 people sometimes in these small groups that we lived in. So like, that's where the brain was able to really expand to, you know, have that many intimate relationships in terms of, you know, people get the word intimacy so confused with just like sex. And it's like, no, 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 like having intimate relationships um, or experiences and moments, you know, it could be a conversation. It could be, you know, sharing something with somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be like that level of intimacy. Um, so we, we only are able to handle our minds at least, you know, and you think about like office buildings, whether you live in New York city or you live here, you know, I, I lived in New York city. It was just like, it's too much. I can't do it. I, I just don't feel at home here. Like it's just this really like man-made structural environment. It's, I mean, it's a great looking jungle gym to go and visit and run around on, but um, you know, our, our brains just aren't programmed for that. And you think about even 
in your neighborhood. And people look at me funny all the time going to walk around Echo Park out here because I talk with people. I say, hi, going to the coffee shop. Who are you? Where do you come from? What, you know, you live around me, like that natural fondness and curiosity of these the people you live around. God forbid anything did happen or something wrong or you needed some sugar from your neighbor. Like you should be able to go knock on your door and know their name and say, hey, actually, I don't need this. It's poison. But I just want to say, hey, I'm Brandon. I live next door. You need anything? You know, we're actually having a barbecue. Come over like what else would it be for? Like that's it's it's what we we're in. It's probably the problem with COVID right now is that we are social beings and social creatures. We thrive on, you know, especially now that we have that, uh, looking for that social acceptance with our outward appearance and the things we do. And now we can't do that. <laughs> and it's like, it's killing us, but going out and connecting and being with other people is going to kill us as well. So it's like, it's tough for us, especially because there's so many of us. Yeah. Well, and, and you think too, like, um, this is a conversation I have a lot with my clients, like the root of, uh, a lot of anxieties, right. And a lot of, um, uh, a lot of depression is this, uh, overload on the brain, on the nervous system that we are not programmed to handle and then not taught how to reprogram because it is possible to reprogram um, the brain and, and the functionality and the capabilities of your being, but we're not taught that. And so with this overload of information and all of these pressures and decision fatigue, we make more decisions in the first hour of our day than our ancestors made all fucking day. Maybe in a week, we make wow. more of those, those decisions, like answering text messages, emails, um, just all of the things, right? And yeah, so, um, yeah. What a scary and crazy idea. I never thought, I, I never even thought of it. Like I think of like the days that I do wake up my phone in my bed and how much stuff I get done. I'm doing before I even leave that bed. Sometimes if I didn't leave my phone outside and it's like, shit, I have not left bed yet. I've done way too much. I probably lost a bunch of friendships from, or even family uh, relationships from arguing about politics. And things going on and it's like wow i did this before i left bed today what a day and so and, much is getting done yeah and like didn't tend to i mean for me it's it's i, I have to fight that pressure like i was talking to a client about this today of feeling this pressure of like okay i need to get up right away and answer these emails or i need to get up right away and i have four text messages i need to get back to these people right away really understanding the difference between urgent and important and setting boundaries for yourself and I think all of these things kind of tie back into even the first story about my college experience and not knowing how to set boundaries or what my boundaries were. Um, so I'd say the boundaries is like one of the best, the biggest things for even like self-employed business owners as well. I told as you, you hit me up. You're like, Oh, you want to film on Wednesday? I'm like, nah, man, I'm sorry. Wednesdays are my, that's, that's my day. Love you you got to set not. those boundaries. You got to set those boundaries. Even like a client's just like, no, I, I will not be able to get this thing edited or get this thing done. Because if you don't, people will ride that and they will ride you until they get, they get whatever they want from it. So it's like, think, I think we're also taught, we are taught more is better. More is give me more, give me more. Let me have more clients and do more things and show my face on social media more. But we don't realize is we only have a hundred percent energy. And every time you're doing some other shit and don't, I'm not preaching to you. I promise you, I'm telling you like, this is, 
Danielle, ego Danielle, hear this, okay? Hear this shit as I say it, <laughs> right? Every time we spread our shit out, that's 20% energy there, energy there, energy there, energy there. And realizing like, you, you gotta, you gotta spread it, spread it wisely. And I just started asking myself, what's the worst that can happen if I let this thing go? And a lot of times it wasn't so bad. It ended up open. It ended ended up allowing me to open myself to the things that were actually meant for me, not the things, not the stories that I had built about the things I thought were meant for me. And there's a big difference between those two. And again, it goes back to college, the things we think are meant for us. How do you know if they're actually meant for you? Questions we all need to ask ourselves. And because I mean, I think people look at you or some people look at me and it's just like, no, going through my own shit as well way got way too much shit spread out on that board and there's just parts of me everywhere and everywhere because you know you just want to take on everything um i think it's been an amazing ride because I, I have a hard time saying no to things but i get to experience and do so many amazing things and meet so many incredible people um but you know i'm at that point where it's like okay no no you could optimize this and you know as i'm sitting here i got my production coordinator just shaking her head at me like yep like we're get we're getting organized now yeah. um what i wanted to go back to was kind of like the science because especially you've been working with a lot of um young athletes as well as you know co collegiate athletes what is like some of the biggest things that they're that they're missing that the they could be working a lot more on physically mentally where all of it where do you want me to oh, go with oh you you go where you want Ooh. to go with that Oh my yeah, God. I, I got right. my own takes on this. Okay. Oh man. Um, the biggest things I think they're missing first and foremost, and I know this is really general, but if this is a hard question to ask is self-awareness. Uh, I think so many of my young athletes that I have worked with, the women that I worked with through the programs and I was coaching, I coached volleyball is my main sport, but basketball and softball as well. And, um, there's very little self-awareness. If I ask them a question of what makes you happy, what are your values, what are your goals, it is very difficult for them to articulate those answers. And um, that's really difficult as a coach because I rely a lot of times on people's self-awareness to help them get to that next level, um, which is why I started teaching self-awareness in the first place. Um, so I think that's a really big thing. I think another big thing is, and I'm kind of uh, plugging myself here in the work that I do, is lack of ownership. I'm an ownership coach for a reason because I recognize how few people take ownership over their lives, over this ability to be like, oh, fuck, I'm wearing these blinders. I'm wearing glasses. I can take them off. They're not glued to my fucking face. I can take those glasses off if I want to, but I'm afraid. You know, I've been seeing the world in pink my whole life because I'm wearing these glasses with pink shades on them. And I don't realize if I just take the glasses off, now I can see the world from a whole, whole different light. Um, so self-awareness, taking ownership or responsibility over your power to change your life and not be a victim of your circumstances. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop there. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think those are the two. Well, I think um, the the gym I work out at out here, and uh, I work with them on a, their own podcast, and I've gotten close with them. And 
um i've also realized by working with them you know on their show you know just how great of coaches they are and it's not necessarily even you know kind of what you mentioned and from my own experience as a coach not not necessarily like just being the most knowledgeable but you know being that people person as a coach and being able to like you say ask those those more difficult questions that maybe some you know the young the young women you're working with or even um the adults sometimes like haven't really answered because you can't really empathize and you can't really make an exercise or activity relatable that's going to make their game better or you know the experience in the gym better unless you understand and know them and know where they're coming from and i think that's you know one thing uh to any coach you know it could be whatever whatever you're coaching sports um individuals um you know people in the in the workplace in the office it's how do you make how, empathizing with people is so important and we don't do enough of it across our entire culture I talk about this all the time too it's just like you got to know where people come from you got to shut up and listen and ask questions like this yeah. to know yeah what they're experiencing absolutely and, and i think too just to add to that is realizing like why i started having my girls listen to podcasts having them talk about their limiting beliefs and their fears and um and and things like that is because i am not going to get my girls to be the best athletes they can be without them really truly understanding who they are inside without them really truly understanding this is this is my inner critic this is what she usually says to me without working through that shit guess what that's going to show up when you're under pressure that limiting belief that you're not good enough, that you're not fast enough, that you're not really a leader of this team, that is going to show up when you're under pressure. So I do that work with my girls and give them the awareness and the tools and the resources to handle when these things come up for them so that they can perform at their highest level. And that's why I think this work is so important. You know, I got into the fitness industry for the physical piece. I wanted a fat ass and strong arms and a flat stomach and all those things. And I got all those things and very quickly realized I'm still really unhappy with the person staring at me in the mirror. And that sucks because I thought that this was going to be the solution. How many of you watching, how many of my clients have come to me with that is their why I want to have a better body. Well, what's below that? What's deeper than that? Because I know it's deeper. And until we can get there, which is, I agree, that's what makes a good coach. You have to see the person for more than what they, what they present themselves to be, right? Mm. Because what, what you present yourself to me as is a, a, a bunch of stories that you've been told by other people and are being reinforced by other people and, and by society. Um, no, you're, you hit the nail on the head. It's, you know, it, I, I have my own resistance, you know, when it comes to, getting into a new space which was podcasting and video production after basketball it's like oh how do i do all this and what do i want to do all this and i'm great at listening and learning and trying to become better but you know at the same time if you kind of don't know where that direction is and don't know you know kind of you're asking yourself again who you how you how do you see this ending up you know what what does that dream of yours look like and i've done this to people who have coached um in health and fitness as well you know when they come to you like i want this and it's like do you know what that looks like? Like, what does that look like for you? What is getting, even if you ask them, you know, what is getting to X weight or looking a certain way? What does that look like for you? What is your life like once you attain this? Have you thought about that? Because again, it's like, like what you said right there. Okay, I got, I got the ass and the legs and the stomach, but like, 
is this what is am i still happy i'm, I'm I, I i i did all that work but i, I didn't get to, i still don't like me and again it's like finding uh what is it your purpose the, the intentions why and setting those motivations to where you want to go tough stuff definitely uh <laughs> definitely not perfect at that one no, and, and it's a life, I mean, hey, it's a lifelong process. I'm an ownership coach, but I'm out here owning my shit every day because it's a lifelong, it's definitely a lifelong, um, a lifelong process. So Yeah, I have a manager now and that manager is, is all over me. So I, I got, I got an ownership coach now, but I yeah. pay him. So. <laughs> um, what about the physical? What, cause you work in, you do a lot of great exercises, movement you know, mixed in with kettlebells and again, really working on the flow of, you know, putting your body, I would say in uncomfortable positions because we don't do that to our body. So I think exercising is getting out there and just from the stretches or the poses you can do is like some of the most important stuff. And then adding stress with some weight once you're in those positions is, you know, one of the biggest things that could be prevented in injury. So uh, what are you, what are some of these, you know, whether women or the men you're working with, what are things that they don't have or what are some of the things missing um, in their range of motions to, you know, their core, their hip flexors, like what's missing? What could people, what do people need to work a lot more on? Uh, that's a hard question. Um, Cause it, it really does depend, right? It, it depends of course, on, on the sport. Yeah. Um, it depends on the person, but I'm going to go back to self-awareness and I'll get more specific. I won't just leave you with self-awareness, but that's a big piece of it. Right. Even through movement, like, your if you are not in tune with your body, I, how how do I pass you a ball? How do I um, get you to use your muscles efficiently? Um, so I think that honestly, that actually will be my answer. Is um, I don't think the players that I work with don't know how to use their bodies efficiently. They can go through the motions. They know what a squat is. They know how to do the footwork drills, but they're just going through the motions. So I'll go back then a level deeper than that is presence. And I know you're, you're asking me like specifically physically, but if I can't get you to be present with yourself and your body, I can't get you to use your muscles efficiently. Um, I think like more specifically to answer your question physically what i feel like a lot of these athletes are missing um is variety to be honest um i'm a big big proponent of variety and i've gotten into a lot of debates and discussions around my method of training um because you have a lot of coaches and listen i believe in the foundations you know, the, the compound lifts, you're squatting, you're deadlifting, you're cleaning, um, you're, you're doing some of these foundational lifts, which I do think are really important. But I also feel like coaches drill those in and they do no mobility. They do no accessory work. They do nothing that um, has you using uh, uh, intense mind-muscle connection. And um, yeah, I, I think that's what a lot of these athletes are missing is variety. And when I found prime animal flow and, and kind of came up with this style of primal flow and, and primal movement, not that I came up with it, but started doing it and teaching it. Um, that's what I realized because they were so disconnected from their bodies. And these are athletes that are supposed to learn, like, you know how to move contralaterally, right? When you, well, I don't play basketball, but I, but you move contralaterally when you walk, when you run, it's opposite hand, opposite foot. But if I slow that down and ask somebody to do a side kick through, which is a, 
an animal flow movement that's opposite hand, opposite foot, seeing people, these athletes struggle with that shows me there's such a lack, there's such a disconnect between their mind and their body. So, um, yeah, let's add some variety. And if you want some variety, follow me on Instagram because I got you. I'm all about the variety. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm happy with the gym I have out here because they have that wide variety of classes and they have like a 22,000 square foot um, facility as well. So it's just like, you know, what do I want to do today? Where can I run around in here and tackle? What something? a fun, like, that's awesome that you can ask yourself that and have a space. Like, I want to visit this gym now. So when I'm in LA, I'm going to go visit. Uh, you want to set up a class? I can uh, connect you with them when you come do through it. here, run a workshop. Oh, yeah. They are all about it. Um, yeah, I, I think I was talking with Jeff with this because, you know, you see this in football and then basketball as well. These um, non-contact ACL tears and you're just like, you know, again, I'm not saying I know the answer, know the truth, you know, but it's like these things didn't happen before. And, you know, when you see that connection and understanding more of the science of the foot and how much, you know, all these guys, because I was one of them, you know, wearing your shoe for eight to ten hours a day. You know, whether you're at these basketball events or these uh, camps and it's like, oh, you got to get these shoes off, man. You got to get your feet in the ground. Um, you know, you got to because all that it's kind of tied to that our feet aren't touching the ground. So like you said, that connection, not only are people, you know, you ask them to do like some kind of exercises and their brain has never wrote that code yet. And those neurons have never connected to, and those synapses have never fired to say, oh, wait, opposite arm opposite hand opposite leg it just hasn't happened yet you, you see that when you've worked with kids i worked with kids like really young and it's like you teach them a new move it's like they literally are just like the matrix like writing that code in their brain and that memory is there now but like again to not just drill it in but to add the complexity to it to take care of that so i'm with you on the variety it's massively massively lacking but the core the core i mean people's hip flexors I, I, I walk and I, I, it's probably a pet peeve of mine. And if you're listening to this and you know me and I'm walking around with you, I might be judging your hip flexors. Like, you're just like, oh man, that person's hips, they, they look tight. They're not turning on. They're, they're, not, like, they, they're not getting that rotation up right there. You're just like, ah, oh, man, God. It's just and only because I had have had tight hips before. I had a terrible core with the, all the back injuries I've had. So it's just like, now that I can actually get out of a car and lift this this leg up that high it's like i want to make sure everybody has loose hips and strong hips it's just... and and the core i mean i i totally agree the core is the foundation and you know something that i drill and you can ask any of my girls this if any of them are watching because i told them that we were doing this like we don't nice. use the word we don't use the word abs because we don't train abs as an athlete we are training your core which is all the way up here to all the way down here to everything that wraps around that and I think that's another, um, just something that's not taught or not, you know, you have, I can get into the whole realm of like <laughs> coaching and these club teams, which are usually like parents that are co like, I grew up cheerleading. Right. And I remember my, the cheerleading coaches were moms who volunteered to coach the team, which is great, but like, you're not a trainer. You don't, you don't know the body, the science. And then I'm drilling, like, here's a really common one, right? High knees. And coaches are like, get your knees up, get your knees up, get your knees up, get your knees up. Has a coach ever 
ever said to you or emphasized you driving your foot down and engaging your hamstring in the high knee. Nobody had ever coached me on that, ever said that to me. And as I learned and got into training and realized like, man, this whole time I'm trying to get my knees up because yeah, it burns, makes you sweat, make, get your heart rate up, but I'm not doing it correctly. I'm not doing it in a way that's going to, to help me function long-term. And that's another thing. And I'll kind of leave it at that. My goal with my athletes is not just to make them the best athletes while I have them, but make them the best movers forever. I don't want you to train with me for three years and then you're so fucked up and injured that you can't move the rest of your life. And people, I think, think to going back to, we talked about simplicity, taking your shoes off and putting your bare feet in the ground and, and soaking up the energy from the earth is one of the most simple ways you can live a healthier lifestyle today. Everybody watching this can take their fucking shoes off and go stick them in the grass. And you just now lived healthier. You just now lived, like I'm sweating. Cause I'm, I think scientifically I'm proven. scientifically uh, proven as well. Well, yeah. And, but what I'm, yeah. And movement does not have to be complicated. If you don't want to go to a gym, just go roll around outside, get out of your head, get into your body, listen to what your body is telling you to do. A lot of those, those injuries come from moving in one range of motion, repeating the same patterns over and over and over again, just like your thought patterns. You repeat those over and over and over again. When you introduce a new thought pattern, what happens? We get injured. Our ego shows up. We, we, we don't want that new thought because all we've trained are those same patterns. It's the same thing with the body. You do the same shit over and over and over again, and then you introduce something new. It hurts because it's different. You don't, you're not used to moving in that way. When actually this, this is a really resilient, incredible machine we got walking around here worth like lots of money, more than any technology. Yeah. We, we can't even replicate it. I mean, going back to the foot, I mean, that, that technology and that design. That, that 30% of your body's joints are in your feet. 200,000 receptors in your feet and your ankles. Yeah. When I came more conscious of my feet, like even like right now, I'm just like pressing the bottom, like especially when you, I forgot what documentary I watched recently, but it was like, you know, especially in the arch of the foot and how many receptors are there. And it's just like, oh, just, it feels good to rub, rub that arch of your foot onto something and just um, giving it that massage that it needs. Like it's like, it's just one easy one you could do right there. Uh, I'm not going to go into it, but I mean, I'm going to add hamstrings into that core area. I'm going to go all the way down to the Achilles as well because oh, tight hamstrings on some of these young athletes. It's just like, ah, you've never deadlifted before? Never done a J curl? We need to get those things. Ah, we got to strengthen those things. And like when I work with people, it's like, all right, like why we're not touching weights. We're not touching anything. No, no, no. We're doing strictly mobility testing right and now. And I'm going to fuck your world up anyway. We're going to see where your core is at. I remember I worked yeah. with my former teammates. Like he was a college basketball star played overseas, was drafted in the NBA, and then you know, he hasn't played in a while. He's trying to make a comeback. And we didn't even touch weights. We're just doing some J curls with like a broom handle and some hollow body holds to test the hamstring strength as well as you know, some of the core strength of your abs. Um, you know, some three-way, uh, what's it called, um, calf raises, you know, strength to see where his Achilles are at. He couldn't walk the next day. We, we didn't touch <laughs> weight. And this is, you know, a former college professional athlete. It's just like, 
Yeah, dude, we got a lot of work, man. It's like, I don't want you going out there and then, you know, doing some uh, shoulder rotations. It's like, dude, we can't have tear your labrum out there. I mean, this is an investment. We got to, we got to, we got to make sure these things are tight and they're strong. Cause if not, I mean, you're, you're not gonna be able to play. You're not gonna be able to make that money. And so that, that investment into your, to your health, even as you get older, you're not a professional athlete. Do it, people do it. And you can do it. And even all the ways that Danielle said it, just like, just go out there and roll around the dirt. It's there's, good for you. Oh, yeah. There's, there's no way, but your way. And everyone who tries to feed you, like I never tell my clients that like my workout program is the way you need to move. I just want you to move and I want you to have fun while you do it. I want you to enjoy it. That's it. Most important part. That's it. Don't take yourself too seriously, but we are going to close out on that. I love this show. Thank you so much for tuning in and for, for you for jumping on. Um, please let people know where, um, not only they can find you, but they can uh, sign up to some of your classes, your courses, um, and you know let people know because I have listeners. For some reason, a lot of people listening in Belarus, Russia, or Belarus, the country itself. So shout out to all you guys. So, you know, let people know if there is no no range to where they live that they can join your stuff. Um, please plug yourself. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, so I really appreciate you and your time. Um, yeah, please, um, connect with me. My website is daniellegertner.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at, at Danielle Gertner. Um, and I'm sure that'll be linked somewhere in your show notes. My name will pop up somewhere, but please connect with me any way that I can help you or point you in the right direction or connect you to somebody else that I know I'd be happy to. Um, and yeah, if you want to own your shit, if you want to build better habits and mindsets, then I'm your girl. I love talking about this stuff. I love all different types of movements and um, helping you build better habits for life. Uh, it's always my goal that when people work with me once that they have a really solid foundation forever. So thank you. I appreciate you. And uh, let's do this again sometime and talk about probably another whole hour and a half of other good stuff that we could probably dive into. I mean, listen, the show is open for however long someone wants to come on. So if people want to come on for four or five, six, seven hours, like even if they want to do them in person, we'll make sure they have whatever they need. You need a coffee, you need soap, whatever. We're going to sit down and we're going to get down to business. Get down. I would to love time. to do the next one in person. That would be really fun. If I ever make it out to Austin, we might be coming down there with the bus into Texas in August. So I'll keep you posted with that. Bring the hoop bus out there. Yeah. We want to take it all the way to Florida. So we'll, we'll see about that. We're still working on all the logistics and the partnerships and sponsorships. But um, yes, there will definitely be more shows to come. And hold off real quick. I got to sign out the show. But I want to say goodbye to you after that. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you are tuning in, Facebook, Twitch, uh, where else? Twitter, wherever you guys are watching the show. Thank you for coming on the bus with me. Uh, be sure to check out Danielle's stuff. All that stuff will be in the show notes. And then if you're following me on Instagram or Facebook, there'll be tags to all of her pages and stuff there. Um, and yeah, if you want to support the show, we are sponsorless right now. We've lost our sponsor. Yes, I know we've lost. Um, so if you want to support this show, just even subscribing, sharing the show so more people can find out all this information um, about the guest, about myself, um, share away. And then there's also a Patreon page. You can donate from a $5 a month donor to keep the wheels on this bus moving. And that's it, everybody. You're either on the bus or off the bus. Thank you for tuning in. The moments uh, for those who.